Hello everyone, welcome to Soundwaves, the official podcast of the Ellen MacArthur Cancer Trust. I hope you're doing very well indeed. In case you hadn't heard, let me let you in on a little secret. Applications are now open for mates and medics. Yes, we're looking ahead to 2021 already, when we will, fingers, toes and every other appropriate appendage crossed, be back on the water, off the shore and at residential adventure trips. When Soundwaves launched, part of my hope was to be able to take you behind the scenes. If you've been on a trip, you'll know that there are mates and medics to help everything run smoothly. But with this episode, we want to open that up. What do mates and medics really do? How do they feel when they're on trips? What makes a good medic and a good mate? Hopefully this episode therefore applies to people who are tempted to apply to become mate or medic, and you totally should but also young people who are keen to know more about how things come together at the Trust. Maybe even a young person or a parent who hasn't been on a trip yet. Maybe hearing this will act as some sort of reassurance. So joining me are James and Marion. James is the operations manager in Largs, which means he runs trips from our base in Scotland. And Marion is a medic with a keen interest in sailing. And hearing what she has to say about her experiences so far is really just fantastic. I hope you enjoy. James, you're one of the Trust's operations managers. You run things up north in Largs, so you obviously take a large part in the recruitment of new volunteer mates and medics. What's the mood of the Trust like when we're at that point of looking forward to welcoming new faces along? Thanks, Scott. Um, I think it's really nice. Um, it, it's a lovely feeling to, to sit and read the applications of the new volunteers coming in. It's really exciting. You get to read why these people want to come and work with our young people, why they want to give something back and come on our trips. Um, and help them have such a great experience. And based on your personal experience, what do you see mates and medics as bringing to trust trips? You've got the trust staff, you've got the skipper who's in charge of the yacht. Where do the mates and medics fit in for those who don't know? So I think they bring a few things. They, they do bring their expertise in, in sailing or in medicine, um, but that's, that's just a small part of, of what I think they bring. I think they bring you know, a lot of energy, uh, you know, they've hopefully been sat at home getting excited about the trust trip, just the same way as the young people will be. They might be on one trip that year or, or a few. And they bring that excitement when they arrive uh, in Largs or in Cows or, or at one of our residential sites. Um, and it just, it just permeates down through the trip and with the young people's time and it, and it just creates that lovely environment. I think they, they work so well working with a wider trust team and, you know, they become such a big part of the young people's experience that week. And have you spoken to any volunteers who have told you about what they themselves get out of helping out on the trips? Yeah, so I wouldn't say it's something I, I sort of come outright and ask um, that often, but you definitely pick up on on little bits when you speak to, you know, people at the, the stage of coming into the trust or have been around for a while. And I think it's it's a few different reasons. Um, some people have a, a real personal connection to, to cancer or the trust. And, you know, that's that's clear. That's why they choose to come and volunteer with us some may even uh, be parents of young people who have been through with the trust at some point i think what probably a lot of our volunteers have, have in common is you know they're at a stage in their life where they want to give something back and that could be you know early life middle life or later on af after a, a career in something else um and i think that's really important and i think it's um it's really hard to beat that feeling uh, knowing at the end of the trip that you were such a crucial part of you know, the big machine that is the Ellen MacArthur Cancer Trust, and you can see the smiles on the young people's faces in front of you at the end of the trip, and you can hear, you know, their, their best bit, their worst bit, funniest bit in their review of the trip, and it's really hard to beat that feeling knowing you were part of that and, and you know, a big part of why that was so successful. 
Marion, thank you for joining us as well. You're a medic with the Trust. Can you tell us a little bit about what it is you do day to day in your job and how you came to be involved with the Trust? Hello. Um, day to day, I was um, NHS senior manager. And before that, I have been a nurse and a clinical educator. And I was really quite disconnected from the reality um, of how it is to be um, using health services or needing health services. And I'm a sailor as well. And many, many years ago in the 80s, when I first trained, I looked after young people who were living with leukemia. And I saw the Ellen MacArthur Cancer Trust logos and I thought you know what I need to get back doing what I love doing and since I've been with you I've just loved every minute. So I was going to ask you know, how did you feel before you came on your first trust trip as a, as a medic volunteer but I guess that means you've had some experience in the past of this kind of thing or was that a what kind of experience was the leukemia experience you've had before? That was working with uh, young men who were living with leukemia and making sure that life was fun and although they had um, illnesses that didn't define what they were up to. Um, when I worked as a nurse in Australia I worked for a company that took people who needed additional support on holiday and we had a ball. There was, um, well it was the 90s so health and safety didn't really come into holidays as much as it did now but what we enabled people to do, young people to do, was have a holiday rather than just have a break from a hospital and you just get the best fun the best laughs you stay well enough you stay safe enough um, and you make great memories and great friends and talking about the responsibilities of a medic on the trips what is your experience been as as a medic and how does that fit into the role that you personally play on trips i work as the medic and so my job is to make sure that everybody is safe if they are on some kind of medications that they are taking those, although um, the responsibility for taking them is with the young person. If something untoward happens, that we manage that appropriately. But most importantly, my job is to make sure that fun and well-being is to the fore and illness and worrying is, is to the back. And if somebody needs some help or support, do it subtly and you don't make a scene. If somebody's forgotten to take their meds you introduce it into a conversation and and help them get back onto taking it rather than being a bossy medic and taking people away from fun it really is about a holiday um, it's also helping the the rest of the staff say stay safe if people have questions about certain things we don't answer medical problems we keep people's diagnosis and business private and confidential but some people just want a bit of reassurance that um, if a certain situation is happening that that's okay and that's what we do as well. You've mentioned the idea that it's a holiday not just away from hospital what is the importance of giving people that sense of a holiday? When you have, ex when you have experienced an illness as a young person it disconnects you from maybe some of the run-of-the-mill things that happen in school or in your home life and perhaps you've missed out on some of the opportunities that other people have and this is one of those chances to catch up also for your own confidence and well-being the sort of faces of the young people as they arrive a bit like my face when I arrive I am a little anxious because everyone is because it's a new group 
and a new experience and they're so quiet and anxious and looking at the boat and the water and the people and by the last day you it's just a bunch of teenagers um, or um, ten-year-olds up to mischief and having the best time and making the best friends and that's the most important thing about getting well is that you get well to live the rest of your life with with great memories and the same experiences that people have had if they hadn't had to miss a few years of school or miss out on holidays. I think if I could just just add to something you said there Marion in in sort of a medic's role you know as an, as an operations manager it's, it's my job to make sure that the trip happens safely and I think it's really hard to understate the importance of of how the medics support me in that role you know I don't come from a medical background I come from a sailing background and because we we deal with young people who, who might be on complex post-treatment um, programs or, or have um, various conditions post-treatment you know I really rely on the ability to ask those medics you know their opinion you know does does this is this a concern is this um, normal in inverted commas or, or do we need to to escalate this or is there anything we can do to support so I think they're a really crucial part of helping me keep that trip safe and they do it so well they as Marion said they do it in in such a, a subtle behind the scenes way where you know I can see it's been done so professionally but outwardly to the young people and you know to a point the rest of the volunteers on the trip who might not need to know about something that's going on um, you know it's done in such a way that it doesn't impact on that that funds the trip and the young people hopefully don't feel like they're they're in another wing of a hospital or um, yeah. in an extended treatment place. I, I can give you some um, examples from because I've done a few trips now so for instance if someone's got a weakness on a, a, a particular side or or a limb is missing and they want to do some winching because I'm a sailor as well I can see how they could position their bodies to do this with as much energy as anybody who didn't have a, a sort of a, a side weakness or a, a missing limb and they get so much out of it because you just um, show them sort of lean this way or um, yes you can um, if you put your foot there look it's all about just um, anybody who's sailing it's all about where you put your weight and where you put your energy um, so they really get a, a sense of they can do anything and you also have to be able to cope with things that you wouldn't quite expect so um, uh, a young man was um, crabbing and he was concerned so he just came running up to me and said look hold my eye and I had an eye in my hand and he was so comfortable with the fact that his eye was out it was a false eye obviously um, <laughs> And I just needed to look after it because he didn't want it to fall in the water. Well, he was re being really independent. and There's no way that I could just go, oh, no, no, put it back in or anything like that. It was just, oh, OK, I'll look after that. But it was one of those moments of the normality for those young people um, isn't necessarily the normality for the, for the volunteers or the medics. But we have to go to the, where they are in their lives, not expect them to behave as, as we would um, expect in ours. I think that's interesting as well what James was saying there about medics and mates sort of help out behind the scenes in a way that maybe people don't really think about. So James, you know, what when it comes to like being a good medic volunteer and being a good mate volunteer, what kind of things does it actually help the trust team? What kind of traits are you looking for there? I think um, kind of expecting that you're, you might be asked to get stuck in with any aspect of the trip, you know, within reason. Um, now that could be, you know, a really exciting things like uh, playing games on the green, a giant Jenga, um, it might be the not so glamorous things of, of cleaning up 
you know, a group, um, a group cooking of spag bol in the galley, that's maybe gone a bit messy. Um, so I think that's a real, that's an attitude thing. And then that team attitude that, you know, we refer to ourselves as the trust team and, and I really do view us as a trust team. You know, no member is more, more important than the other. In that it really is a team effort that gets the young people that great experience. So, you know, coming with that attitude to just get stuck in, help with everything, um, even if it's not the most exciting thing. And, and it's, you know, we're, we're quite upfront. It can be long hours, you know, we're out having fun, hopefully for most of it, but occasionally there are, there are times when the situations we need to deal with and we might be up, you know, comforting a young person through the night who's feeling a bit homesick. So, you know, there can be not so glamorous sides to it. And I think knowing that coming in and, and accepting that is a really, is a really key part of, of being a good volunteer. I think it's probably a good idea if both of you could briefly describe the ways in which mates and medics are there to support the young people and keep them safe, not just for potential volunteers who are listening, but also for parents and young people. It, it could offer some reassurance if they know what those roles really involve. James, if we could do mates first. Absolutely, Scott. Um, so the boat sail with a professional skipper, but that skipper, um, you know, we like support as well. So the mate is there to assist the skipper in all the sailing aspects of the boat. So that, um, that's quite a broad task. Uh, that could be anything from helping the young people steer the boat while the skipper is, is having a look at the nav or is doing something else. Um, it could be helping, and you know, we always try and get the young people as involved as they want to be, um, helping to get the boat ready to come alongside in the marinas at night, uh, setting the lines up, uh, showing all the young people around the sort of safety breach on the deck and assisting with you know, getting life jackets and waterproofs on and off as his daily routine so there's all the sort of sailing side of things all the helping teach young people out knots and and it, you know it's, it's it could be an enormous list it just depends on the week and that all um culminates in helping keep the young people safe um with the skipper as well and then there's all the the kind of after hours sailing stuff so it could be as we said taking the young people up to the green uh, to play some shore games um you know walking young people up to the shower blocks uh, as, as marion pointed out there it's kind of keeping a wee eye on the crabbing uh, situation that's going on it, it can it can really be anything anything you can think of that's involved with with going sailing on the boat they help out with that and then of course all the sailing specific things and marion what about the medics what should people know i think what's key for people to know is that the medics who are on board have the knowledge and skills necessary to understand not just the physical um, challenges that the young people are facing but the mental issues that go with that we also hold information about those young people confidentially so that um, we can understand their specific needs and act on those accordingly. And we respect that confidentiality completely. Um, the information is about that young person. So if they choose to tell a, a, another person about themselves, that's, that's for them to do. We never, ever, ever uh, share information um, with other young people. Um, or the other volunteers that's that's unnecessary so so be assured that we know what we're doing that we know how to do it I'm a mental health nurse as well so when young people have have become anxious or had um, some kind of um, anxiety attack because this is the first time they're away from home there's there's techniques you can use to help them um, step away from that and that's as easy to do on a boat as it is on land uh, so we know what we're doing and we do it confidentiality, confidentially. Our job is to keep everybody safe and so anyone who's on ongoing treatment um, or medications continues that but with, is supported to do it for themselves. The young people who come on a trip need to be 
as independent as humanly possible, regardless of their age. Um, so, so we are the enabler um, for them to look after themselves as much as possible. If there is an, an incident, an injury or an upset or somebody spikes a temperature or something like that, um, we're able to act accordingly. We have specific protocols to follow. We have uh, a situation not only in um, you know, doing their observations and everything, but a, a phone call to the team leader and then to the overarching con consultants and, and carers to ensure that we act swiftly if need be, or if this is something that just happens to the child that we don't overreact. So we're very conscious about each, each young person is an individual there. And we make it safe for them to take a few um, risks. We just, you know, we talk about crabbing, young people who aren't used to maybe having mobility issues that are on a pontoon. We walk alongside them. Um, and give them the confidence to kneel down, put their head over a, a pontoon and find the crabs with everybody else. Uh, so that confidence building is as key as um, strength building for them as well. I think from the outside, it must sound quite daunting being a medic on a sailing trip if it's something you've not experienced before. But clearly it's something you enjoy doing. So what is it that you get out of coming on the trips? Oh my goodness. I... It's the best part of my year. It's the most thrilling, terrifying, exciting, laugh out loud, exhausting four days. And I would do it full time if I could. Um, the, the energy and the, the happiness that those young people bring to me um, in terms of um, seeing them go from anxious and scared to um, wild and happy makes me so thrilled that I can actually be part of something that makes that happen. Um, I turn people, what I see, I turn people from um, worried patients into um, young people. And there's nothing more rewarding than, you know, getting people to see that they, they can do it. And not only can they do it, but they have done it as well. And they've done a bit more than they even imagined they could possibly do. Whether it's wash up, um, because they've never had to wash up in their lives, um, or bake a cake, or, or win at Uno, which I've never done yet, um, or kittens, or double, I have one at double because I've practised at home, um, it's all these card games you get involved with as well, and as you're sitting there with the young people doing that, they start to talk about the, the, um, the treatment they had in hospital, or the nurse that was lovely, or not, or the, the scars they've got, or the things they relished or missed and you see a, a community of young people and you privilege it's a privilege to hear their stories of their lives and as a clinician I don't get to hear that and and I and I love it. I was going to say what would you say to someone who fits the medic criteria who's considering coming along but it's kind of hard to top what you just said there so <laughs> is there anything else you think someone needs to know if they are considering volunteering? What you need to be able to do is get along with people in a small space for a longer period of time than they're used to. And if somebody's worried, sit with them to really find out what it is they're worried about. You don't need to know lists of drugs and illnesses and treatments because the young people know far more about their illness than you ever will. And it, you need to be able to have the respect to understand that they know about what they're doing you know about what you're doing and you know a bit about sailing maybe but you don't need to know 
all the medical stuff you just need to be able to leave your ego on shore have um, have some strong strong legs maybe a strong stomach for the cake tasting experiences um, and want to have some fun and use use your clinical skills outside the clinical context we tend to finish episodes of sound waves the same way we end trips by playing best bit worst bit funniest bit but since we've only got two guests instead of three this week i'm ditching the worst part for this this episode uh so i'll ask james for your funniest bit please and i'll ask marion for your best bit so james your funniest bit so my funniest bit was not hard to think of, uh, and Scott, you may remember this uh, experience as you were part of it. So um, I joined the trust last year, and as part of joining the trust, I went on my first trust trip out on the water with the young people, which was great. And uh, part of uh, every trust trip um, on the water is we do a water fight. So I was inexperienced in choosing the best water pistol. Is uh, having to do it. so some of the young people uh, helped me pick my water pistol. It turns out it wasn't quite the best functioning water pistol available. And my team, of course, was so supportive uh, up at the, the window of the office, watching me fail miserably um, with this, this uh, water pistol that dribbled water at people. So, you know, they had to be lay prone on the floor uh, and quite still for it to be successful. Yet all the young people were so skilled at landing shot after shot um, down my neck of my waterproofs. Um, you know, they clearly had been practicing. So that hands down is, is my funniest moment. I'd like to clarify that I was part of that supportive team behind the window, nice and dry and warm indoors. <laughs> Marion, what's been your best bit? Um, I love all the water fights, but I'll give a, a calmer um, bit. So I had a boat trip with 10-year-old uh, young boys. They were um, homesick sometimes, anxious sometimes, and then full of beans, too many beans um, sometimes as well. And the weather isn't always perfect. One evening we had a, a sort of bedtime and some of them wanted to go to bed and some didn't because you, you have a group of five on the boat and some were um, getting upset. So I said, should we have a story? And one wanted a story and one you know, didn't and, and one wanted to sit on the edge. And I started telling a story about the tide and crabs and how each day just the tide goes in, the tide goes out, the tide goes in, the tide goes out. And what's going to happen tomorrow? We then they would start chipping in about what happened to this, these crabs. And the others, I could, I could the little doors in the boat were open um, and they were still, they're never still. Um, so I could see they were listening and I said, do you want to come out? And then we had all snuggled in, in the saloon, listening to the story and chipping in to make this story that was, had full of laughs, but calm and kind. And it was, it was like a moment of um, peace and kindness and normality in their lives where they were able to create a, a storytelling evening on a boat um, and it just got rid of any kind of homesickness or anxious or sort of infighting or anything like that. And it was just joyful. There you have it. Thank you to James and Marion and to you two for joining us. If you've been swayed by what you heard, applications to sign up to become a mate or a medic are now open. Please go to our website and click on Become a Volunteer for all the information. Make sure to check out our What's On page as well to see what's happening in the coming weeks. Our virtual summer rolls on. We've just had our first book club meeting, which was really great, really rewarding, and I'm already looking forward to the next one. I hope to see you at one of our events. Until next week, stay safe and take care. Mm -hmm.